Lord, we will continue in these truths. And these truths that we have heard and that we've been meditating upon, they shall not only keep us free, but we shall continuously stay fully free from all the cares of this life. Lord, we give you praise. We thank you that nothing can choke the word of God out of our lives. Because we purpose in our heart to stay focused. We purpose to stay fixed upon you. And we give you glory for it. We thank you for your presence today. In the name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. Amen. So we've been talking about stress-free living. Number one, you cast your care on him. To stay free, you come to him on a regular basis. And then you make sure that you close the door on all triggers, uh, uh, triggers for stress. And then you go ahead and confess regularly, I am carefree. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, did you know I am carefree? Well, I am. Then look at the other one and say, so am I. In Jesus' name. Now, in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 14, so I want to preach on this word continue today. Everyone say continue. In 2 Timothy 3.14 it says, But continue in the things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them. Now the enemy is not just going to roll over and play dead like a possum. He knows the points in your life where he has had entrance before. So once you've closed the door, it's important to keep that door shut and continue in the things that you have learned. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth, and the truth is going to make you free. And so we must be continually persistent. The word persistent means to have a firm continuance in a course of action. In spite of difficulty or opposition. It also means persistent applies non-stop, constant, continual, steady, relentless pressure to a situation. So if we are going to live above and have complete continuous victory over stress, we must continue to walk by faith and not by sight. Because quite frankly, there are a lot of things that your five physical senses sees, tastes, and smells that points us to defeat and points us to living beneath our rights and privileges in Christ Jesus. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, I want you to quote this with me. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Now let's personalize that and say, for I... I walk by faith and not by sight. Another way we could say it is I walk by trust or I walk in the word of God and I do not walk by what I see. I do not live my life according to sight or according to my five physical senses, but rather I live my life according to the sixth sense, which is faith in a faithful God. Hallelujah. Well, I've already preached myself happy. So continue to walk by faith. And then continue to look at the unseen realm. What do you mean by that? Well, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18 and talk about that just for a moment. 
In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18, it says, While we look not at the things which are seen. Now, the things which are seen are trying to get your attention. And the scripture says, don't look at that. Don't give them the time of day. But rather do this. Look at the things which are not seen. Or those things which are not perceived by your five physical senses. Even though you can't see them with the outward eye, you can look at the word of God with the eyes of your spirit. Amen? And so he says, here, here's the truth. For the things which are seen, the things which you can perceive with your flesh and with your physical senses, they're temporary. I got good word for you. What you're going through is temporary. Hallelujah. It is not everlasting. It is not eternal. We have the eternal word of the Lord that trumps the temporary circumstances of this life. Woo! Hallelujah. We are not looking at the things which are temporary or subject to change. But here's what we're looking at. We are looking at the things which are not seen. For those things are eternal. And so I exhort you today. Continue to look at the unseen through the lens of God's word. Continue to look at that which you have not yet seen materialize in your life through the unseen, unchanging, eternal word of the living God. And that which you can't see shall show up and materialize in your life. Amen. Say with me, I'm continuing. I'm staying with it. I am persistent. Gloria Copeland says this. She says, inconsistency therein lies the power. The next thing I want to say is this. Continue to frame your world by the words of your mouth. Did you know God's got a good life for you? He's got a good lifestyle for you. He's got a world that's filled with joy, a world that's filled with strength, a world that's filled with peace for you. Oh, hallelujah. I love what Jesus said. I've come that you might have life and enjoy it to the full in abundance until it overflows. God does not want us to endure life. He wants us to enjoy life. Now, one way that we will enjoy our lives is we must continue to frame our world by the words of our mouth. Now, look at Hebrews chapter 11 and notice with me in verse 3. Hebrews, the 11th chapter and the third verse says this. It is through faith that we understand that the worlds were framed by what? The world... We're framed by the word of God. God said, let there be light and the very chair that you are sitting in was framed by the word of God. Now notice, so that the things which are seen were not made of those things which do appear. How many of you have ever known a prison inmate or known someone that kind of had the spirit of blame shifting on him or her? You often hear these words from people in prison. I have been framed. It's not my fault I've been framed. Well, that person speaking doesn't really realize how true those words really are. 
The truth of the matter is, everyone in this room has been framed. Because our words and the words of others have framed our lives. We're talking about faith-filled words, building the kind of life that you want. Now, notice this. This is a real important truth. I want you to get this. Look at your name and say, get this, would you? In Mark 11, verse 23, let's look at that verse. Mark 11, verse 23 says this. For verily I say unto who? So who's Jesus speaking to? Point your finger at yourself and say, Jesus is speaking to me. That whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Are you a whosoever? All right. So say it with me. Whosoever surely means me. What are we to say? Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. Now notice this. But shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. I am a whosoever and I can have whatsoever I saith. But now notice this phrase here. But shall believe that those things which he saith. Did you know that the Greek word for that specific word in Mark eleven twenty three saith is the word lego or legos? And the Greek word lego simply means a systematic set discourse. Now how many of you have kids or have grandkids that like legos? So at toy stores, you know, we see these Lego sets. And what these Lego sets contain is building blocks for the children to construct according to the diagram or according to the picture on the box. And what Jesus is saying to us this morning, I've given you a Lego set of building blocks that you can use to frame your world to the picture and the diagram that I have given you according to my word. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible has given us a set of Lego building blocks for our salvation, for our healing, for our prosperity, for victory in every area of our life. Woo, hallelujah. Start framing your world by the words of your mouth. Somebody says, well, I haven't done much with that lately. It's time to get building. It's time to get those Legos out and start declaring, start speaking, start believing, start confessing what you want and stop saying what you have that you don't want. Come on, somebody. F.F. Bosworth said this. Your success and usefulness in this world will be measured by your confession and your tenacity to hold fast to that confession. A spiritual law that too few of us realize is that our situations and our circumstances, they do not determine our future. Your words, based on His word, coming out of your heart, coming out of your mouth, will shape and determine what you are and what you will become. Oh, hallelujah. When God touches your mouth, friend, it will change your life. Anytime, anytime, when He wants to change someone's life, He touches their mouth. I love this statement. God changes lives through mouth 
to mouth resuscitation. He puts his word in your mouth to bring life, salvation, healing, joy, peace, strength. Amen. And so continue to frame your world by the words of your mouth. If you've let go of faith-filled confessions, I encourage you to pick them back up again. Get up in the morning and start declaring, I'm part of the body of Christ. And Satan has no power over me. For greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I will fear no evil today, for he is with me. His rod and his staff comfort me. Thank God today I'm far from oppression, for fear does not come nigh me. I've been established in righteousness. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and I'm not afraid of what may come my way, because I believe the word of the Lord, and I can have what I say. Amen. And I am complete in him who is ahead of all principality and power. I'm not looking for you to complete me. I'm not looking for money to complete me. I'm not looking for my job to complete me. I'm complete already. I am complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. And I just want you to know that God's not given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So fear, I resist you this day in the name of Jesus. I'm given the name that is above every name. I'm framing my world by the words of my mouth. My God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory Christ Jesus I'm blessed in the city I'm blessed in the field I'm blessed coming in I'm blessed coming out today I'm the head not the tail I'm above and not beneath no weapon formed against me is going to prosper no evil is going to befall me neither shall any plague come down my dwelling whoa glory <laughs> so that'll change the way Monday looks You don't have to live by the forecast of Monday, Blue Monday. You can live by the forecast in the Word of God. When you look into the Word of God, it's always sunny. It's always bright. Because the entrance of His Word is bringing light to you. And it's bringing light to me. Somebody shout with me, please, today. Amen. So continue in these things. Stay with it. When you don't feel like it, stay with it. When you feel lousy, stay with it. When you don't have a nickel in your pocket, just stay with it. Just stay with it. It pays rich dividends to stay with Jesus in this day and in this hour. Your relatives may not understand you. People on the job may not understand you. But you understand you because you've got a living, vital relationship with Jesus Christ himself. Hallelujah. Now continue then to consider him. Consider him. When the storms of life come, when you're tempted to be wearied and tempted to waver and to be faint in your mind, consider Jesus. He's the author and he is the high priest of your profession. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. And notice with me in verses, one, uh, verses 2 through 4. In Hebrews chapter 12 verses 2 through 4. It says to us, looking unto Jesus. Who is he? He's the beginning and he's the end of your faith. And he'll take care of the in between. Looking unto Jesus. Looking away from everything that would distract you, everything that would bum you out and bring you down, set your affection on things above. In other words, look up. Look toward him. Consider Jesus. 
Have a Jesus focus. Have a master, hallelujah, mindset. Looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. Who for the joy that was set before him, what did he do? He did endure the cross. He despised the shame. But now where is he set? He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now notice in verse 3. In verse 3 it says, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. I like the Amplified. It says this, Just think of him. In other words, just consider him who endured sinners of such grievous opposition and hostility against himself. Reckon up and consider it all in comparison with your trials. As you do that, you will not grow weary, you will not be exhausted, you will not lose heart, nor will you relax and be faint in your minds. This is the key to staying strong in these last days. This is the key to staying stable in unstable times. I'm telling you, it's simple, but it's so profound. It's considering Jesus. It's thinking on him. It's fellowshipping with him. It's saying about yourself what he said about you. Oh, I love it. Consider these facts this morning. Consider Jesus. Consider his substitutionary sacrifice for you. How that your sin was bought and paid for on Calvary. Consider this fact that those stripes upon his back were for your healing and my healing. Look unto him. Discern that his body was broken for you. Discern the fact that he became sin for you. And then compare it with the trials that you're going through. There is no comparison of what he went through compared to what you're going through. He went through so you could make it through the valley of the shadow of death. Hallelujah. He made a way for you where seemingly in the natural there is no way. So considering Jesus, part of that is considering what he's already done for you. Now, I want you to look at Isaiah chapter 53, and I want you to notice verse 5. In verse 4, it says this, that surely he bore our griefs, that is our sickness and disease, and he carried our pains. But notice here in verse 5, read it with me. Are you ready to read? Ready to read. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace Now notice this phrase, the chastisement of our peace. Now I think that the Amplified makes it more clear. Let me just read it to you, that part where it says the chastisement. It says the chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and we're made whole. Now, a person cannot be whole in life when they're living a life of fear and worry. 
So just as he bore your sins, he also bore your anxiety. Just as he bore your disease, he also bore mental torment. It is the punishment of our peace. It was on him. You know, I love the crown of thorns that was placed on his head because figuratively that is a type of him taking all of the torment of the entire world upon him. Think about his substitutionary sacrifice. I'm telling you folks, not up here think about it, but meditate on it down here on the inside of you. And all of a sudden, a picture of a peace-filled, spirit-filled, Holy Ghost-strength life will rise up on the inside. Say it with me, the chastisement of my peace was upon him. This peace that you have, the world didn't give it to you. This peace doesn't come in a bottle. This peace doesn't come in a check. This peace comes in a person. And I've discovered this, and I know you have too, that Jesus, everyone say it, Jesus, He is, He's the Prince of Peace. What does that mean? He's the Prince of Shalom. It literally means this. He is the prince of nothing missing and nothing broken in your life. Oh, glory to God. So consider him. Look unto him who is the author and the finisher of your faith. You know, Abraham was very old and and Sarah was beyond the ability to bear a child. And yet God spoke to Abram. He said, Abram, I have made you a father of many nations. You know, God calls those things that be not as though they were. And the scripture says that Abraham considered not his own body, now dead, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, but he chose rather to be strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now, what does that mean? How could Abraham be strong in faith? He could not do it by considering his dead body. He had to consider something else. Or we could say it this way. He had to consider someone else. He had to consider someone who could quicken him. He had to consider someone that could make him alive again. Oh, glory to God. And we serve a God who raises the dead, who quickens the dead. So Abraham chose to consider him. He chose to consider his word in every day of my life. In every day of your life, we have a choice. We have a choice what we're going to consider. How many of you know your flesh will cry out? Your flesh will, (laughs) it'll talk to you. Well, when your flesh starts talking to you, you start talking to it. And you talk to it and you have a good faith conversation with your body. Body, you ain't staying in bed today. You're going to get up. You're going to raise your hands up. You're going to start declaring what God's word says. The joy of the Lord is going to be your strength. Get out of that bed, body, in Jesus' name. Debt will talk to you. When debt starts talking to you, you start talking to debt. You start calling the things that be not as though they were. I call those bills paid. I call myself debt free. Faith calls those things which be not as. You getting anything today? I'm just trying to encourage you to keep your eyes on him. 
Keep your eyes on him. Oh, Jesus. Let's just say Jesus three times. Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Consider him. Picture Calvary. Picture Calvary. Look at his nail that went through his wrists. Picture the blood flowing from his side. Picture the manifestation of love on Calvary. Picture him. And then go around the back of the cross and picture all of those stripes and his flesh just beat to a pulp for you. Consider him. And then lastly today, consider what he said to you. Consider what he said to you. Look at John 15, or 14, and notice with me in verse 1. Consider what he said. In John 14, 1, it says, Do not let your hearts be troubled, distressed, or agitated. You believe in God, adhere to and trust in, rely on God. Believe in me and adhere to and trust in and rely also on me. Now notice verse 27 in the Amplified. I want you to read this with me. In verse 27, let's go ahead. Peace I leave with you. My own peace now give and I bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated and disturbed. And do not permit yourself to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. Now I want you to notice that phrase. Stop allowing it. Do not permit it. You have the power of choice. You can allow yourself to be all uptight and full of stress, or you can allow the peace of God to rule in your heart. Whatever you permit, He will permit. But whatever you resist, heaven will back you up. Notice this with me. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated or disturbed. And I love this. In John 16, verse 33. I wonder, did you wear your shouting clothes? We're not going to stay here all day, but we're going to have a good shout before we go. We are going to shout the victory in this place. In John 16, and verse 33. You ready to do some reading? Ready to do some shouting? Notice this with me. I have told you these things, so that in me you might have perfect peace and confidence. Stop right there. Notice He said some things to them so that they would have perfect peace. Ready? In the world, you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. But, everyone say, but, be, read, be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident. Be certain. Be undaunted. For I have overcome the world and I have deprived it of its power to harm you. (laughs) Woo, hallelujah. I've overcome the world. 
And we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. He says, Mark, John, Sue, Betty, I've overcome the world. And I have deprived it of its power to harm you. And not only that, but I have conquered it for you. Glory to God. I don't know whether that does you like it does me. But you know what that says to me? You and I in Christ Jesus are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Quickly over to 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. How many of you know that the word victory in the scripture is the word Nike? Anybody have any Nikes? I'm 65 years old. I like to strut down at the club with my, not the dance club, but I'm talking about the workout place. I told John the other day, I said, you know, John, I said, I was able to go to the place to work out and I only had to sign two autographs. And he went, "Uh uh-huh. Now, I like my whoosh. Amen? I like my Nike outfits. But that's only the outward adorning. I like Nike on the inside. You got Nike on the inside. You got the victory on the inside of you. Are you ready? Whatever is born of God is victorious over the world. And this is the Nike that conquers the world, even our faith. Hallelujah. Get your running shoes on and run with the vision. Run with God. Run with the victory. Hallelujah. It is the victory. Because Jesus has deprived the world of its ability to harm you. He's deprived the spirit of this age of its ability to take you out and to take you down. And I'm telling you what, we can live in the 91st Psalm. We can declare what the 91st Psalm says. The 91st Psalm is the the Psalm of the sustained, but it is also the Psalm of the Nikes. It is the psalm of the victorious ones. What do you say we read it and again go home? Amen? Look at Psalm 91. Praise the Lord. Psalm 91. Glory to God. Amen. I got a big shout. I'm going home. Hallelujah. Psalms 91. I'm just playing with you. Have you been encouraged today? I'm just dropped by to encourage you a little bit. You know, that's what pastors do. They encourage. And I believe that the Spirit of God is taking hold today of this message. And all week long, praise God, you're going to stay with it. You're going to continue with it. You're going to make the right choices. Amen? So in Psalm 91, let me read a few verses within, then you can join in. It says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of El Shaddai. That's good news. Now notice here again, framing your world through the words of your mouth. I will say of the Lord, you are my refuge. You are my fortress. You are my God. And in you, I trust. Read verse 3 through verse 5 with me. And surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you're going to trust. 
His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. Amen. This is the psalm of the victorious ones. That's you. And that's me. That's us today. Hallelujah. Read verses 7 right on through verse 12 with me. A thousand may fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. Only with my eyes shall I behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because I have made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High, my habitation, there shall no evil befall me, neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over me, and they keep me. Woo, glory to God. Amen. Oh, glory to God. You know, you see some of these movie stars and some of these folks that have, you know, Ample security. They got four or five security guards around them. Well, thank God you've got security angels all around you. I said you've got security angels all around you. He's given his angels charge over you. The angel of the Lord <coughs> encampeth around about them that fear him. Amen. You talk. We are the securest of the secure. Hallelujah. Well, she had a running spell. You may want to have one too. It's all right. Hallelujah. That's when the Word of God starts working for you. When you get so excited, you get so happy that you just can't stand it. It gets in your hands. It gets in your feet. Whoa. Amen. Now, why is that? Because you got Him. You got him. You got the Almighty God living on the inside of you. You got him in your hands. You got him in your feet. You got him all over me. And he has given his angels a special charge over special people. Hallelujah. No wonder he said no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. It may be formed against you, but oh, thank God you got these great big angels all around you. God's heavenly security agents all around you, protecting you and keeping you in all your ways. You don't know the times that his security agents have saved you. I mean, all it takes is one moment getting your eye off the road. The enemy come along, try to take your life out. But oh, thank God, he's got some big, big protective angels all around you. And my angel says, the Lord hearken to the voice of my word. So speak my word daily. Continue in it regularly. Say what I've said and you will release the angels to work not only on your behalf, but on behalf of this nation, on behalf of your loved ones, on behalf of those that come around your life. Yea, saith the Lord, I have sent them to help you and to and to." 
walked in to minister on your behalf. For you are an heir of salvation. And you are special to me. That's why I've sent him to help you. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Everyone say angels. You know, there's some money angels too. Money angels. Glory to God. You may go in your backyard and dig a hole and all of a sudden oil comes out. Hey. You may be walking along someday and all of a sudden you find some gold. Hallelujah. Let's not limit him. Say with me, the money angels are working. They're working on behalf of me. And they're bringing the money in. God didn't put the gold in this earth for the mafia. He didn't put the riches of the, and the resources, the rich resources in this world, you know, so someone could go buy a 747 and sell Playboy magazines. Are you listening to me? No, thank God he made it for God and his bunch. He made it for you and he made it for me. And he's given his angels charge over us. And they will bring to pass the will of God in our life. I don't know how we got on that, but it sure helped us. Verse 12, let's start again. They shall bear us up in their hands, lest we dash our foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon you shall trample underfoot. Now we need to read verse 14 and 16 standing up. Come on, everyone stand up. Hallelujah. Say with me, this is the psalm of the sustained, and this is the psalm of the victorious ones. Now, here's what we need to do on a regularly ba- regular basis. Let's personalize this, verses 14 through 16. Because I have set my love upon him, therefore he will deliver me. He will set me on high, because I've known his name. I shall call upon him, and he will answer me. He will be with me in trouble. He will deliver me and honor me. With long life will I satisfy him, and he will show me his salvation. Whoa, glory to God. Now read that last verse again, just like this. With long life will he satisfy me, and he will show me. That's right. That's who we are. That's what we do. That's how we roll in this place. We're rolling with him. We're running with him. Father, as we keep our eyes on you all week long, Lord, we make the right choices. Help us, Lord, to continue and to consider the right things in the name of Jesus. Now I want to pray for you this morning.